0: here for a purpose. TransformYourGame.net
1: Welcome one, welcome all, welcome back to the 27th episode of the Transform Your Game podcast. My name just so happens to be Richard, and I also just so happen to be your host and moderator on this here podcast program. Alongside me are my two lovely co-hosts, who are more than just meets the eye, Kent... That
2: rug really tied the room together, did it not?
0: And Kai. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Uh, And on top of the
1: traditional somewhat goofy intro that we have on this uh, here podcast, we do sincerely wish you all a big hey there from all members of our team, both past and present. Uh, So let's kick uh, kick off the housekeeping, shall we? Uh, One huge thing um, is on the near, near horizon in the realm of the competitive TFTCG world, the Alpha Trion tournament series is having its very first invitational tournament coming up here in October. This is a tournament that you had to top eight one of the other 35 or so person tournaments they've been hosting over webcam for the past couple of months through Discord. Discord, and their Patreon. Um, And this tournament is exciting uh, for three big reasons, I think is probably just like the easiest way to summarize it. One, the Alpha Tron series has been one of the major sources and outlets for competitive play in the midst of all the craziness and lockdown. And this is the next level up from those events because top finishers of that player crop will be the ones battling it out in this tournament. Um, two of the three people on this podcast right now, two of us are actually qualified. So a big pat on the back to you, Kai, and then a smaller, more humble pat to me so as to not toot my own proverbial horn. Um, and I honestly feel personally the pre-Orlando jitters or something akin to those coming back. It's not really like jitters, but just like excitement. Um, I don't know the actual words I'm looking for here, uh, but Kai, what's your outlook for this thing coming so soon? October's just around the corner.
0: Uh, so for me, it is definitely jitters because just thinking about it, I'm ge- I'm getting shaky. Not ex- not excited, but uh, just like ready to to take this down. But uh, yeah, 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 for sure. It's it lo- it looks the competition is pretty rough because you have to get top eight. Well, the, the invite's passed down, but basically you have to do well. So it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be pretty cool to see what comes out of this.
1: I should think so. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting paired with you round one, I'm sure. Of course, always. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the third reason, and probably the most important one, uh, and this is exciting because this will be the first tournament with new cards. Uh, so I have here on the script, it says cue the DJ noise. Um, but I don't want Kent to edit that in. I just wanted to do the burr, 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 because uh, one, I've never gotten to do that on unrecorded media before. Uh, and two, because <laughs> I thought I <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, and this is new cards, at least since that fateful July Monday, that is. Uh, but yes, the Alpha Trion Protocols Committee has their full first release out and ready for download. Um, I think the easiest place to find it is actually in the Alpha Trion Protocols Facebook group. Uh, we'll have a link for that, by the way, in the description here so you can find it yourselves, Uh, but it's free, it's new, and I'm so excited to get some competitive games in with these 11 stratagems, y'all. Kent, I know you've been a little on the busy side this summer to actually participate in tournament play, uh, at least much lately, but if memory serves, you're really looking forward to diving into the October tournament where these are legal yourself, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Not only are these new cards uh, very interesting, but I am in love with the Titan 1 format. Um, I haven't really been paying that much attention to what's going on in the Transformers community. Um, it's actually a little bit personal for me. I'm still kind of reeling from uh, the game not having official support, but I'm, I'm really happy that so many groups are you know, putting together cards and new uh game types like primus and and things like that um and once i heard about this titan one format i got very very excited because i was very maybe disappointed with the way that things were left in mm. the wave five format
1: yeah and and for clarification to those or sorry for clarification Whew, got stuck on my word there. To those listening, in case it wasn't clear, there will be a normally run open tournament for the Alpha Tryon series that's run concurrently as the Invitational. Um, I guess not quite concurrently. The Invitational is going to start basically as soon as it can in October, uh, where I think the open tournament is going to begin on either like the 9th or the 10th. Um, at least that's what Dan told me. So if, it's, if that's wrong, it's Dan's fault. Um, Blame Dan. Hashtag Blame (laughs) Dan. Hashtag Blame Dan. (laughs) Um, But you can jam games with your opponents in that event, even if you haven't done a webcam tourney before now. You don't have to just watch the uh, Invitational from the sidelines. You can get in and submit it yourself. Um, And it is just like the Invitational, except it will be in the Titan 1 format that Kent was just talking about, um, as opposed to the Invitational, which is full constructed. Um, So Titan 1 is a pretty simple thing to define. Uh, Kai, would you like to tell the sweet viewers uh, and listeners what building for Titan 1 is like?
0: Sure. So the deck and lineup construction is pretty much the same as um, constructed, except that you can't have more than one uh, Titan Master in your lineup. So in any character that has a uh, body mode, you can only have one of those. And Yay. along with the... <laughs> oh my
1: God, yes! You can still play Sky Shadow. I know he's technically two characters, but he's got one body mode uh, and only one Titan Master with him. But he does count as your Titan Master body
2: thing. So, so is is Bull Skyshadow? Is that legal? It is, not. is not, because um, technically, body that, mode. technically, Ominous doesn't start in the game. So right, but you, know body have mode. A,
0: you have a you Sky Shadow has a body mode.
2: Okay, okay, gotcha. gotcha.
1: I guess technically, if you wanted to, you could play Skyshadow without the stratagem to combine him and Bull. Sure. I think technically that works. It's not good, but I think technically that is something you could play. <laughs> sure. <sounds> I will. <laughs> that's not. We're not going to count that as official gospel here. So don't quote me. But I think that's how that works.
0: All right, anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> on top of that, on top of all that uh, stuff, there's also we're using the existing ban list that Wizards has established, but we are also banning Peace to Tyranny and Daring Escape as well. Wait, wait. Why are y'all doing that? Oh wow!
1: Yeah. Well, Kent, um, a long time ago, there was a card called Peace Through Tyranny, and it ruined every game that it was a part of. Yes. <laughs> During Escape is a good card. It's just unfun play patterns. Um, I think was the ju- was the justification behind uh, the vote to ban it. Um And then Kai, there's one more thing. Sorry for keeping on interrupting you.
2: No,
0: you're fine. Uh, so every set wave one through five is legal as well as the AfroTryon protocol wave one set, which is uh, 11 stratagems. So these 11 stratagems, which we're going to be talking about pretty quickly, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to change some things about their yeah. constructed format.
1: See, Titan One, Easy peasy, chucky cheesy. Cheesy. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I asked before the cast if they wanted to veto that line, and both Kent and Kai kind of sighed and just let me have my fun. So uh, it's their fault, not mine. I'm just in a good mood. Blame Richard. Uh, <laughs> I blame Richard. <laughs> anyway, uh, but this isn't the only thing going on. If I'm not mistaken, there's also the next installment in the Eye of the Matrix Tournament series, which has a whole slew of restrictions to its construction. I don't even think like I could remember all of them off the top of my head if I tried. Um, I probably should have pulled them up before this, but you know, uh, that's a mistake for past years. I,
0: I think it's just Wave One and Two characters, but all the uh, set, all the battle cards illegal, and then it's, I don't remember if there's a ban list. I think uh, PGT is also banned, right? Maybe. I don't remember that part. Yeah, I see, this is my point. Like, I, don't, yeah.
1: I don't actually know. Anyway, um, but I don't believe that ATP stratagems are legal for that one because not all of them were released in their final form by the deadline for deck registration. Uh, but the great job that Tim Teo and Team PTSD have been doing with that series is worthy of recognition, too. Um, actually, uh, uh, Kent played... Did you top the second The second
2: item matrix? It made top
0: four. It was the first one. Top
2: um it was either the first or second one i don't know i think (laughs) it was the
0: first one because you said you wouldn't play in the second one yeah oh
2: yeah that's right that's right so uh and and not because i didn't enjoy that uh experience because i did love that experience so um maybe with things slowing down i I don't know if i can make it work to join this one um but when does it start you all know ah is it
1: not already in progression
2: it, we should know this. It's already in progression. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Well, maybe maybe the next uh, one cuz things yeah. open up a lot for me in October, so I'm real happy about that. But yeah, th- that was a uh, really well run tournament series as I think all all of them are like uh
1: yeah, the but, Freedom Cup too. I think uh, yeah. Crutchfield, Jason Crutchfield, shout out to him for basically single-handedly setting those tournaments up no um, and, and providing prize support. Like what a, what a Herculean effort. So shout out, shout out to that dude, guy. Dude, I was
2: literally about to say and use that term.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> get out of my head. Shit. It's There's not enough room for you in here. There's all these thoughts.
2: All these other voices. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I don't have room for another one. Um, no, no, no. But uh, seriously, great dude. Awesome tournament series. That he's been putting on. I, there was a slight lull. I think he had some busy stuff with like a job change or something, but he posted not too long ago on the Octagon Facebook group uh, that he was about to, to take signups for the next installment of the Freedom Cup series. Uh, so uh, looking forward to that too. Um, and then one other fun tidbit, uh, Kent actually mentioned this off air before we started recording, but September 28th, which is just around the corner, is actually just, um, I mean, as you reminded us, the two year anniversary of the release of wave one for the TFTCG.
2: Eyes, nostalgia, Nostalgia. (laughs) QWES. So, so maybe a quick aside. How did you get introduced to the game, Richard? Uh, I got introduced to the game
1: in like Christmas break, uh, around just before Christmas, uh, 2018. I went home for the holidays, and my brother and I, uh, actually all my siblings, we only really have about. A week of tolerance of just being around our family with with that being the primary like thing that we're doing. Um, I love my family; they're great people. But also, they're the, they're the people who know the most in the world how to get on my nerves. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that what that drove us to do was walk up to the Target, which is at the mall that's literally like within walking distance of my home, my childhood home, which is like I think it's like two miles away or something, um, and. We strolled through the card game section because we grew up playing card games. We played Magic a bunch in college. I, uh, we played Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was like in 12th grade. Uh, sorry, I like like 12 years old. Sorry. Um, and uh, we saw the Transformers TCG packs and decided that we were going to buy the starter kit and just give it a try. Because one of the things I like to do is I like to basically try any card game I can get my hands on at least once, especially if it's pretty cheap to try. Uh, because I'm really invested in game design on the whole. Uh, and I just love learning things mechanically and principally through the different systems and t- tuning. Anyway, um, I played. We played that all night long. We bought out three Game Stops of packs for Wave One. Um, we bought out a local game store that had like uh, less than half a box left um, of Wave One packs and. Then continued to play, continued to like to jam the games, and just had an incredible time. So I decided that when I came back up to Austin after the break, that uh, I was going to dive in. I was going to be a part of the Austin community. I was going to play regularly. I was going to try and get competitive. Um, and then that's around the time that I went to PAX South, and I actually met you and Joel Kent for the first time. <laughs> and uh, I got slaughtered playing against you guys. Um, game after game. Uh I just I was just so new. <laughs> I had so much to learn still at that point. I mean I still do, but I'm just saying like even more so then. Um that's how I got introduced. I feel like I commented the whole question.
2: No, no, no. It's it's all good. Um I think you were playing Cosmos at the time and Oh 100 percent And if you had Cosmos's stratagem, maybe uh, that it would that have been was... different.
1: No, when that deck was still terrible?
2: Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, uh, Kyle, what about you? How did you get introduced
0: to the game? Uh, shoot, I don't remember what website, it was probably IGN, but I saw that Transformers were going, was getting a card game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I was playing yu gi oh at the time. So I was like, oh, that's the perfect, I'll, I'll just get a Soundwave token just to use as a card. So um, I, w- I looked up where they had it, GameStop had some. So I went to GameStop, I was like, do you have the Transformers packs in the like, here? Yeah, we do. And here, and then I held it, and it's like this is a really big booster pack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just take like fifteen of them, and he gave me fifteen. I open it, and then the character cards are really huge. If you didn't know, uh, they're, they're bigger than the most cards. So I was like, oh, I guess I can't use them as tokens, but I bought them already. So let's let's just go through, and then I open SRB, and Ooh. that was when I was like. I guess I'll just learn to play and (laughs) I just started playing and looked up on the subreddit where people were playing and yeah all downhill from there yeah absolutely dude (laughs) um
1: Kent I guess it's only fair that we ask you
2: uh yeah I found it on IGN and I had not played card games in a long time I gave up on magic Uh, just uh, yeah, anyways, I didn't wasn't a fan of Mana Screw and wasn't afraid of how expensive the game was. Um, so I was like, I'm never playing a card game again, and I didn't for about maybe a decade. And then I saw this on IGN, and I was like, oh man, I love Transformers so much. Um got that itch uh, yeah that itch. i was like let's let's see how the game plays so i started looking up some videos and this was in october which is when my uh, busy season for my business is in so i was like i always reward myself with something like a new tv or psvr um and that year i was like yeah what am i gonna get and i saw the gameplay, and i was like it, I'm gonna play this, and so I found a local game score that was that is out of business now, but um, they had in a case of it, and I bought a whole case and never looked back. Uh, found a group, and that Kai was uh, a part of also, and Calvin and Adam, and I think it was just the four of us uh, for. A-
0: oh shoot! I don't remember his name. I feel so bad. I don't know. <laughs> He moved, he moved to Nevada, though. I don't remember his name, though. God, I feel so bad about not. Yeah, I know
2: who you're talking about. I can't remember his name either. I'm uh, sure he's a
0: then, great guy, though. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's really cool, but uh, I, I feel so bad. Yeah. It's okay.
2: It happens. Names are hard. Names are hard, especially for me. I never forget a face, but names, I, yikes. Um, but, yeah, and then our group just grew and grew. And, yeah, it's... Uh, it's still real painful f- to see the the game get dis- discontinued with official support and then see so many people from our group leave. Uh, you know, people like Damien and, and, you know, stuff like that. Just really good guys that um, really loved and supported the game uh, when it was around.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I mean, like, people were playing less anyway just because of quarantine as well, yeah. right? Although I'm playing a ton. I'm playing a lot of Transformers, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I think my week has as much or more Transformers in it now than it did, bef- like, before quarantine. I'm not kidding. Sweet. Um, I don't know if Kai feels that way, but I-, I-, I play a lot of Transformers, man. I talk a lot about Transformers, man. Um, <laughs> and a- part of that is because I think that the people who really who really do care to... to- I put an effort to make sure this thing is still going on. Like there's a real labor of love and it's it's like it's it's a lot of people working really hard to make sure that there's still life being pumped into this thing that is awesome. It's got a great IP, it's got a great system mechanics behind it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think we should probably move on from this cuz we could talk sentimentality all day, right? No, we but- could. <laughs> Um, Okay, Uh, y'all, I can't tell you how excited I am to say that – what our topic is for the day. Part of me never thought that we'd cover another cast like this, but fellas, it is – Spoiler season. Yay! Um, sorry for not warning anyone that I was going to yell during that, but I can't help myself. Now, it may not be what we're used to from Watsi sets, but we have the full ATP 1 set of stratagems, uh, the full spoiler there, and we're in the window of deck discovery right now before the first big competitive tournament, which is uh I know that, can't you feel the same way? I think Kai probably too. My favorite time of year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's like Christmas Mm -hmm. every time, the deck discovery portion of things. Um, uh, So tell me that y'all aren't stoked yourselves to do some classic card evaluations in our style. Oh, God, Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we dive in, I do want to say that as players, all of us, uh, we appreciate every community member's efforts to make cards for the IP and game they love. Um, We love seeing that kind of activity on the Facebook group. But really here in this cast, we try to focus on that which is deliberately tuned, tested, and intended for tournament-level competitive play, Um, especially with the flood of other content out there. So with that said, spoiler time. Kent, why don't you kick us off with the first one?
2: Okay, our first stratagem is Anti-Air Battery. This is a two-star stratagem, uh, the only two-star stratagem in the new set. And it is for Decepticon uh, Demolisher. And it says, uh, for two stars, he gets plus three health. In the text, if your Demolisher devoted, Decepticon would take non-attack damage from an opponent's card and is upgraded with an armor. Instead, he takes that much damage minus one. So this is a really cool... um, stratagem in the fact that it first of all it gives Demolisher some much needed health though maybe David Burgos would say, <laughs> would say that he's fine um, his, his spirit bot his spirit bot yes yes. <laughs> um, but if you weren't playing a Burgos Bold type deck Demolisher just didn't have enough health uh, if you were trying to run uh, tanks in a blue shell they're just so squishy you know um and that's one thing that this set does with not only demolisher but another card that we'll get to in a bit that's also a tank um is it gives them some more last ability and that is something that that archetype really needed whether it wanted to be blue or you know just straight up orange uh with only tanks um also even though it does give him plus three health um that only brings his health up to ten, so he's still, you know, not going to be there forever. Um, so one way to help his survivability a little bit more is when he has an armor, he takes uh, less direct damage. So if someone plays an armed hovercraft, it doesn't even hit him at all. You know, if they play a camion crash, if you're wanting to hit demolisher, you're probably better aiming it at someone else because uh, Demolisher's only going to take one instead of the mm-hmm. normal two. Um, so I think it's a really interesting stratagem. Um, I am interested in playing a blue tank shell with this and just to find out, you know, if that archetype could ever be viable. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, the fact that it's two stars means that it, it, it doesn't fit as cheaply into... Uh tank builds as before but that was intentional because uh now he you can consider him as the six star beast that he always was or you can play him as a quote-unquote eight star character with this added buffed ability so i think it's it adds a lot of uh modularity to the character that he didn't have before when he was still a strong character so uh yeah this stratagem is pretty good i
1: mean kai you took some of the words out of my mouth not that's the first time that's ever happened before play but- <laughs> <laughs> but demolisher. This is something we talked about um, in ATP development. Actually, was it demolisher of the characters that got stratagems? He's the most playable character of the ones. Like on his face, is the most most competitively relevant character of any of the ones that actually got stratagems from wave one. Um, so the two star strat, uh, the, the stratagem being two stars, really is what Kai talked about. It really is basically like a different way to play the same character. It's almost it almost feels like a different bot entirely. Uh, in the way that like, you, if you want that 8-star character to fill a different, more separate role. And if there's one thing, I know we're trying to keep this competitive, but there's one thing that, that Primus has taught me. It's the power of defensive driving. And Yay! <laughs> you know I love that card. I know you love that card. But but uh, the fact that you can turn basically any armor into a defensive driving with, uh, with Demolisher and the Stratagem is really powerful. Especially considering the fact that like Ghost Shield is a card that some of the tank stacks were already playing. So Shield being just resilient naturally and providing a a defensive driving effect to this guy, plus the fact that uh, he could have base 7 defense in bot mode and then have bold 7 or functional bold 7. Like, that is so much positive just... Uh, juju. I don't even know what the word I'm looking for <laughs> here. Um, but going into the character, uh, I'm really excited about this one in, in in particular. I would love to see how people take this. Uh, see, I wouldn't. I would love to see this one have like maybe there's a Burgos bull deck that sides into a little bit taller strategy, and part of that taller strategy is boarding in this stratagem. Like I could see that being one of the things that happens. Um, and I would love to see how people experiment with what Kai quoted, the modularity of the character as it gets from this stratagem. Uh, Kai, you want to leave this on the next one? I know you it's
0: a little close to your, to your heart. To it, 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 it's, it's very close. It's Heat <laughs> the Call, and it is for Metroplex Autobot City. Uh, it is no star, so which, which allows you to play in Constructed and... Uh, yeah, well, so it, what it reads is, while there are no untapped enemy characters, each of your non-Titan characters has Pierce 3. And when your Metroplex Autobot City defends and you flip at least white, orange, and blue, repair one damage from him. And he can't take more attack damage this battle than the number of stars the attacker has. So he has a built-in hold, The line that is mildly inconsistent, but... um yeah he's a city five star planes swinging at him for 12 is a little silly so um yeah it, it, he kind of needs something like this and uh the fact that um he whenever he triggers his ability he gives his uh minions um pierce three now which means they're more able to consistently do damage because i don't know how many times you guys have done this but sometimes i'll t- i'll get the ability. I'll tap everyone and do one, and then my slammer will swing for three, or my my sixth shot will swing for like two, and it's like okay, <laughs> that was pretty quickness. Yeah, so, exactly. So I mean, you, you can untap
1: piercing, your metro, so that, that's still good.
0: Yeah, yeah. but it's like you, the idea that it is metroplex swings everyone or taps everyone down, and then all your guys go into that one character to hopefully damage him enough to where Metroplex can either finish them off or they can finish them off or later. But yeah, it's basically to reward that um, strategy more. So. I mean, this is
1: one of the things to note is that um, of the of the eleven, the only two that aren't one star stratagems are the first two, right? The Demolisher one's two and this is zero. Um, we experiment with it with, like this This card, Metroplex is one of those cards where like I have had two experiences against Metroplex decks ever. I've had the experience where uh what my deck was doing was slow and bad and metroplex wiped it off the face of the planet and it felt terrible to play against and i've had the the games where i drew a belligerence and then metroplex died uh, very quickly right like those are those are the two types of games archetypically i've had um now the belligerence thing you can't really do anything about but just like the steady aggression that comes from shells like the burgos bull deck for example that tries to just basically exploit its width to really, really manufacture advantage through combat. This is the exact type of thing that will help Metroplex compete in those types of games, right? It doesn't actually give him any added offensive power, him himself. It makes the little guys a little bit more...
2: ...relevant. Consistent.
1: They're consistent, they're relevant. Um, and And because this actually sticks around after Metroplex is gone, and it still provides the ability to the non-Titan characters, they have real chance of taking down games. I have never personally, correct me if this is something that you guys haven't experienced, I've never, up until now, up until testing with this stratagem, I've never lost to one of the little guys. Um, if Metroplex stayed around, I could lose to Metroplex, but the little guys sticking around never actually beat me in, yep. any, in any game I've ever played. With this stratagem, that is a real thing you have to worry about. You can't just dump all your resources and not try to protect any of your important attackers on the backside um, anymore. Not with this going on, um, especially once like if you're focusing down one of their guys and they're able to kind of get you, get you less wide than them, then the pierce turning on. That's just like really, that's really something you need to be careful of. Um, I, there are games. There gonna be games where this this strategy looks absolutely insane. Uh, and there are going to be games where you don't hit the hold the line trigger one time because it is kind of inconsistent and because metroplex decks are so focused on bold Um, but it also gives them a reason to play some other cards that they haven't been playing necessarily as much anyway right staggering might is a card that metroplex will play now with this stratagem like you absolutely will play it just to get like you're already getting bold off of the card and getting the tuft for an added chance to trigger or heed the call like that's worth enough that like it's going to change how some of the battle decks look and he's going to look better against the really wide teams, maybe the Titan Master teams, for example. So uh, I'm excited for he the Call. I think it's awesome. I think it's one of the secretly best stratagems in the set.
2: <laughs> I was just about to say, I think this is one of the best stratagems in the set. To me, it's probably also one of the most exciting things. Um... We haven't seen Metroplex be a thing really since Wave One, and after that, he was just kind of, you know, uh, re- regulated to the si- or relegated to the sidelines. And yeah, I love the f- the fact that his little bots that help him get Pierce Three is enormous. I mean, because it just felt like they never did anything before. Except for, hey, uh, this one might give him, you know, bold one. All right. You know, that's cool, I guess. But this actually makes them relevant as attackers and relevant threats. So, yeah, I think the the tough thing is cool. It's probably not going to trigger all that often. But when when it does, you're going to be happy. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Okay, we'll move on to the next one
1: and see... Here's the thing about the next stratagem we're talking about. It's called Here's the Thing. Um, and once upon a time, there was a character called Autobot Jazz Special Ops. Now, that character cared about whether or not your opponent had Pierce. And then in Wave 3, Watsi did something unthinkable. They printed a pip that gave Pierce. So they just literally rendered half of this six-star-three-ten-zero blank incidentally, for just playing slightly less than optimal cards, and in some cases, just optimal cards, looking at you, Kami, and Crash. But, um, so here's the thing says this. It's a one-star stratagem for Autobot Jazz from wave one. It gives him plus one attack and plus two defense, so he becomes a four ten two. And then on top of that, it says, when one of your characters defends and you have Autobot Jazz special ops on the battlefield, any black battle icons flipped this battle become white battle icons instead. So not only does he prevent incidental pierce from being thrown into the game while not doing anything to stop things like Scoundrel's Blaster, um, so he makes his own ability easier to trigger in, uh, in alt mode on top of the fact that he actually lets you play something more akin to the 1375 like classic control blue strategy by limiting the amount of pierce your opponent has access to. In the meantime, you are granting them additional crits, so they are going to see more of their double oranges from time to time. But the idea that you get this this added bonus, this buffer, this bubble of time to actually be able to set up is huge for defensive decks. Jazz is, this Jazz stratagem is awesome. Um, I did a lot of testing with this. Uh, this, this is a card that I'm absolutely ecstatic to see in the competitive metagame. I think this is one of the ones that holds the highest chance of succeeding um, in the full, even the full constructed metagame. What do y'all think?
2: Oh, absolutely. This is, again, one of the other ones that I'm probably most excited about. Um, And not only because Pierce has been out of control in Wave 5, but also back in Wave 1, I had a prison deck that used Wave 1 Mirage, Jazz, Flame War, and RC. And it was almost every card in the deck was a white icon. And the deal was you put a Piercing Blaster on Mirage and he untaps forever, while RC just keeps flipping and healing damage off of Jazz because Jazz has to take all the hits. Now, once... And I also played that in Wave 2. I think I won a local tournament uh, because then you didn't have to run Flame War. You could run Firefly, which was infinitely better um, after the wheel turn. Um, but once they created Black Pips, it was all over. So this gives me a lot of hope to bring that prison deck back. Uh, it was really frustrating for people to play against because like they just couldn't do any damage ever, you know. It doesn't matter how many double oranges they're flips, they're flipping or or anything like that. Jazz is only taking two, and then next turn he heals one uh, from RC, um, and you you know keep using escape routes and rapid conversion to keep flipping RC, you know and. There's obviously a lot of card draw and other uh, cool things in white now too to like keep it going so I wish it didn't cost a star, but I understand uh why it does especially um, with the stat bonus that he gets as well. but if you're tired of Pierce being a thing, here's the thing you can stop
1: it <laughs> i uh ten out of ten on the here's the thing pun ten out of ten Ken. <laughs>
0: Alright, so here's the thing, uh, this, this works on both sides, so um, because all blacks flip to white, not only are you getting more uh, flips to more if you hit a black pip or a white pip, your opponent also gets it as well, so mm-hmm. if you don't hit the trigger, you might be helping your opponent. So it's not it's not as, uh, what's the word, just like flat out. Guaranteed? It's not just like guaranteed? Yeah, it's not guaranteed to just protect you, but it's there to help alleviate some of the, uh, one of the constraints of playing blue, which is having to worry about Pierce. So um, I, this card is honestly just probably my most favorite one to uh, get ready to test with. So yeah, it's, <laughs> I got some ideas with this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, at seven stars, he still only has 10 health for seven stars. Like mm-hmm. well he, he won't be taking as much combat damage because if you're assuming you're gonna proc the trigger a number of times, like, it's not hard to kill this character with out of combat damage. It's yeah. just, it's just not right. Like, uh, he's an Autobot, so Sky Shadow high. Also, horrible triggers. You know what? Like flip horrible to bot mode, to body mode. Kami and Crash deal M three fusion bore deal M one flip him back move a damage. Like, it, that's most of the damage. Like that's most of his health gone already. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> it's just not asking a lot of the opponent. Um, so, like, his survivability is more, the Jazz, like, I think is gonna do a really good job of kind of eating some of your opponent's resources and giving you time to set up as a defensive shell. Um, when you do miss on proccing his trigger on defense, uh, you're you're gonna take a big hit from your opponent because they're gonna crit more often just attacking into you. Um, and I also, one of the things I love about this strategy is the fact that, like, you it, it lets you play him alongside. Decepticons as well. It doesn't just trigger for Autobots, which um, you, it's just something to note. So like the actual team lineup options are quite a bit more extensive than you might otherwise think. Um, so yeah, just something to keep in mind with that character. I'm sorry to bring it back to it we, we got other chats to cover. Let's move on to the next
2: one. <laughs> cool. All right. The next one we have is I Don't Believe in Destiny. This is a one-star stratagem for Jetfire Air Guardian from Wave 1. Um, So for one star, you get plus one attack, plus one health, and plus one defense. Along with that, the text reads, your Autobots, armors, and utilities cannot be scrapped by your opponent's cards while you have Jetfire Air Guardian on the battlefield. At the end of your turn, you may move an upgrade from your Jetfire Air Guardian to one of your other characters. And immediately, as soon as I saw this card, I... I'm thinking probably what a lot of people are thinking, and if not, they should be, and that is Ultra Magnus is now playable. Now very, very playable. <laughs> um, because this brings your total up to 25 stars if you run them t- uh, too tall together and uh, with Ultra Magnus armor, which obviously, if you've ever tried to run a deck with Ultra Magnus and his armor... Uh, the problem is, you better get the spare parts on that dude <laughs> real fast, so or it fast. goes away. <laughs> and Every that's time. a that's a real problem because then Ultra Magnus kind of sucks for <laughs> for that many stars, <laughs> uh, for that much investment. So, yeah, not not only can he now move the armor around, but like Ultra Magnus gets to actually live and be able to deal with that right now if anybody You're actually gets forgetting that. one thing ken
1: what so both jetfire and magnus are autobots so you can play heroic spotlight yeah to pay for your magnus armor and then you get another
2: star card yep 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 that's, that's- pretty cool yeah, yeah i almost wish Gosh, I wish you could have two Ultra Magnus armor. I really <laughs> do. <laughs> Just another one floating around in the deck. Oh, that would yeah. be so amazing.
1: I mean, the problem is he would be too good alongside Sky Shadow if this didn't cost a star.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's oh, a problem. Yeah, yeah that uh. would definitely be a problem.
0: Yeah. So one of the one of my first thoughts that went to this, and we actually saw uh, one of the playtesters who was playing this on one of the uh, public uh, playtesting tournaments I don't remember what the exact wording for that uh tournament was but I don't know what it's called either but um from the shuffle bus shout out to them uh he was playing it with uh battle masters specifically fire drive and he would get it to a turn to where uh, Fire Drive would die, he would swing with Jet Fire, with Fire Drive with mold 1, and then he'd just move it over to his other character and just swing with that character again. And it did a lot of damage. So that's that's one of the avenues I'm looking to abuse, quote, unquote, with uh, this stratagem. And it it looks it looks like a lot of fun, really. I've always loved Quartermaster, so uh, inborn Quartermaster is pretty neat.
1: Yeah. Um, you guys remember when you played Battle Masters? Man
0: i do yeah what a time. back at gen con <laughs> yeah. I, I had a, i actually had a Jetfire deck with, with a battle master believe it or not that's pretty dope um i oh man i love this stratagem um
1: i am i will say this so other stratagems that like are in this set i think the one that is most likely to be secretly busted and by busted i mean like you know n- abused. maybe ab- abused is probably this one um this had a lot of testing go into it the fact that uh sabotage armaments is still really effective against jetfire is something that um is notable and was a deliberate choice in the design of all this stuff um and moving an upgrade i mean if you're gonna move so some, some people were talking about the idea of moving armed hovercrafts off of your and like double triggering them off your jetfire and some other ranged character um and i just gotta say if that's the kind of play that we're looking at it, after this gets released that excites me so much. When was the last time you guys played a full set of armed hovercraft in a deck? Mm, yep. It's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think I was playing one in my uh, SS Percy deck by the end of things before I just gave up and switched to orange. Um, but I'm super pumped about this. I think the one defense is secretly huge for Jetfire. Oh, yeah. um, I think yes. one of the, one of the things that was like really preventative for him of like being a a competitively viable character was just the one base defense right we've talked about this time and time again that in wave five one of the things that you see is a trend across the board is not only higher hps but just every character has two defense
2: yeah at least in one mode
1: common uncommon rare super rare they all have two defense at least in one mode um and jetfire getting the second defense is enormous i think that plus just like the other added text
0: gives him so much utility
1: i'm really really excited to see what people do with this one
0: yeah and uh one thing to mention as well i forgot to mention uh is uh overwhelming advantage is actually a little more consistent with him now because you don't have to worry about them scrapping your armors with bashing shield or something but it still loses out to uh sabotage armaments as well and as disarm. um disarm of course and of course the the worst one, reflect damage. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, feel free to try with overwhelming advantage, but uh, be warned—you can feel warned. it is, Yeah, it is. It is rough when that happens. <laughs> That's so true, though. Oh my
1: gosh. Um, I have. Have you guys gotten ever to actually reflect damage in Oa trigger before?
2: I have oh. not. I, I haven't.
1: I've I- take covered one.
0: I think I did against Damien, but he had Motormaster, so that Motormaster oh. was gone. But well, uh, yeah. Motor but yeah, it, I, I think I did you, one though. time. I think I did one time. <laughs> that sounds awesome.
1: Um, I, I th- let's move on to the next one. I think we're not making very good time tonight, boys. No, 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 no. you know. <laughs>
0: classic. Classic <laughs> spoiler season.
1: Yeah, it's a spoiler season. We never make a time in spoiler season. That's right. <laughs> All, right All right. So
0: this next stratagem is called It Works, and it's for Wheeljack Weapons Inventor. Uh, so this is one of the two, uh, two two-sided, dual-sided, uh, I don't know what the word is, but uh, two-sided, we'll just go with that. Uh, so it costs one star, and it on the side that says it begins with this side face-up, uh, when your Wheeljack Weapons Inventor attacks while upgraded with a utility, you can flip them to another, or you have to flip them to another mode after this battle. And then if you begin the game with only Autobots, uh, you, t- you would tap it, uh draw two cards or you tap the stratagem draw two cards and then scrap two cards from your hand and then you may play an armor or utility and then you flip it and on the other side it had just has just the first effect which is the uh, flip them after battle so this is uh wheeljack was always always already a really strong attacker bold three is insane um <laughs> So this is basically looking to give him a different avenue in abusing his uh, alt-mode side, which once you flip to bot mode, it doesn't really ever get used unless you do start your engine. So um, being able to just flip him to his alt-mode side means he defends better and also you just get more card filters so you can get your untaps and just keep the deck going. But uh, also, the first th- or the uh, draw effect is basically so to just mold your hand at the beginning. So um, when you would draw, you you would scrap two, and then you play an armor, and then you'd trigger Wheeljack in order to scrap it. And we didn't want that to be that much more abusable than it already sounds. So I'm saying it, and it sounds kind of nuts. But uh, uh, that's why we gave the tap thing, so that you can't use that. And then, oh, I also have another battle master or micromaster and then tap that. So uh, that's the reason for why it has a tap symbol on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, I actually, one of the things I love about this, first of all, this is two new mechanics on one card, kind of, right? Um, so the, the ATP one first first set doesn't have a lot of new mechanics, but does have two. It has stratagems with effects on both sides, and then this is the first and only instance of a stratagem having a tap ability that we know that we have so far. mm mm-hmm. um, so the tapability timing works the same way that like the one it does for the Micro Master abilities, right? You can use it once during your turn before combat and you can only use one tapability a turn. Um, I, I think this card is so cool. I, well, first off, incentives to play more Autobots are things we need in the game in the face of all the hate that's currently existing. Um, but on top of that, like the idea that first, uh, Swindled only kind of felt like a Decepticon card to me when it first got printed, right? Because Autobots have like several like the really inventor heavy characters, invention heavy characters alongside them, <clears throat> and so Wheeljack is one of those characters, right? So the idea that like this is kind of a swindled for Autobots that just comes attached to the inventor character, I think, is one really flavorful on top of being like actively one of the things you want to do in the deck that plays him, which is really cool that you're able to hit both those notes. But number two. <clears throat> Functionally, what that first ability says is if he's turbo boosted or uh, enhanced power celled or stealthiness or whatever, um, it's basically a plus one to wheeljack on defense, which is really cool. As on top of the fact that it, it actually is even a little bit better than that, because sneakily, while well, sneakily being a, a kind of a stat buff, it also gives you more fuel to draw cards with your cliff jumper triggers. So, the card is really, really good at just helping you dig through your deck aggressively for more of your untap effects, which I think is awesome. Um, I, now, while I, I see a lot of, the, of what Kai was talking about, like, using the tap ability in the beginning of the game, I'm actually more of the opinion that, like, I would rather save the tap ability until I'm, like, kind of really in need of an untap effect, um, or until I have at least two of my guys tapped in the interest of being able to find a turbo boosters um, and just really get maximum value out of the card. Uh, I think this card is so cool. I don't know how good Cars is as an archetype in the face of just everything that exists right now, but I do think that having being even more consistent about actually being able to just trigger the cards that are your incentives for being in the archetype of Cars uh, is a huge, huge buff, and I'm really excited to see if someone can figure out the puzzle that is building Cars in wave five.
2: Yeah, um, as someone who has played a lot of cards um, throughout the game's history, I'm excited to see this card. I don't know that it was, like, needed. Um, usually with Cliff Jumper or um, Bumblebee Trusted Lieutenant, you don't really have a problem digging through your deck. Um, this can help, you know, siphon those cards and turn them into things that you want and getting a free upgrade play like turbo boosters, that's exciting, that's cool. Um, And I know that, you know, I feel like Cars was definitely tier one in uh, wave one and two, and after that, um, you know, maybe it's the beginning of wave three three as well. Um, And it's definitely fallen off the wayside. I think that Wheeljack is, definitely like the, the linchpin of that deck you gotta have him and something that makes him better is fantastic and usually you have a few extra stars to play with because you're running like you know Wheeljack, jack cliff jumper and one other you know smaller car maybe it's wave one prowl or you know something uh, so you do have extra stars to play with and this card is just gonna make that deck better What about Wind Charger? You can play
1: Wheeljack this, Wind
2: Charger, and Cliffjumper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the the first deck that I started with in Wave 5 meta was that. And, you know, I just really wanted to hit hard with Wind Charger and draw all the cards and all that. So I'm hoping that a deck like that will be successful. I, I think it can be, and I'm excited to try it.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's all we got to say on that one. So uh, moving on to the next one, we actually have a stratagem called Protection. Nice and simple. Um, and This is a stratagem that's one star and you play alongside Inferno, uh, Fearless Firefighter, I think is the name, or is it Fearless Fighter?
0: Firefighter, Firefighter. Fearless, Fearless Firefighter,
1: firefighter. Yeah. Um, Uh But yeah, so you play alongside Inferno and f- first of all, it gives him the thing that he needs the most. It gives him four health. So instead of being, uh, I think he's a 12, is he an 11 star with 11 health originally?
0: I think it's, he's, he's 12. a 12 star.
1: It's a 12 star with 11 health originally. So now he is playing him as 13, or I guess like a, an additional star for four more health, much more on curve, much, much more on curve, but that's not all it gets from this actually. Uh, while he's in bot mode, Inferno actually has Brave because of this stratagem, which is kind of incredible, especially when you consider the fact that he has three defense in both modes. So he's just gonna be a massively tanky boy um, when it comes to just eating your opponent's attacks, kind of neutering them, generally speaking, especially because he wants to attack in bot mode anyway. So the fact that he wants to attack, and now he wants to defend in bot mode. And he's going to defend in bot mode because of the Brave. Uh, First of all, Brave is a mechanic I I just love. I actually think I love Brave a lot more than I love stealth, personally. Um, Just like from a balance standpoint, I think Brave is more interesting uh, as a decision point. But uh, on, on top of the Brave, he actually has another ability because of the stratagem. It says, when your Inferno fearless, fi- fearless Firefighter defends in bot mode and you flip at least white-blue, then you flip him to alt mode. Now, I don't know if you guys remember what Inferno does in alt mode, but he has a flip trigger that when you flip to that <laughs> mode, you get to disarm somebody. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so, but, but when you do that, he will lose Brave. So any subsequent attacks will not have to go into your Inferno unless you're willing to spend the flip on it. Which I think is an interesting kind of choice dynamic to include in your lineup is that you don't know how many times you're going to trigger Inferno, because flipping white blue is it's not that easy, right? Like making sure you play enough whites to actually flip to actually hit that and be a defense a real defensive shell is no joke. Um, so maybe you're supposed to capitalize on the fact that he's just a brave character and you flip him one time. You know, I, I think there are a lot of decks in Wave Three where flame war was this character that your whole goal was to flip her on your first turn so your team wasn't was going to be somewhat flip intensive but you always had like a structure to the beginning of your games so maybe inferno looks more like a centerpiece character that you structure a similar flip uh sequence around does that make sense
2: yeah i'm Mm -hmm. not not just talking
1: out my rear end no
2: no i think for 13 stars it's gotta be (laughs) (laughs) He definitely has to be. Um, I really appreciate um, them putting the work into making Inferno a playable character. I I love that uh, character just in general. And I really liked playing him as a card in Wave 1 until I figured out how much better Nemesis was. (laughs) So this definitely helps. The the only thing that I wish this said is when you when he defends in bot mode and you flip a white and a blue, you may flip him to alt mode. I think that would be uh, really put this card in a higher tier with some of the other ones that we mentioned. But I love the ability and the stat increase for sure yeah the disarm has always been well not always i
0: guess uh, to me it has always been a powerful card but uh yeah now him just being able to force your opponent to think oh, okay so he has brave now and i have to attack into him if he triggers i just lose my weapon so i just lose half of my turn so i mm-hmm. think that is a real thing that you have to consider when you see an inferno with protection in play so i think that's one of the uh a type of centerpiece character that I don't think this game has really had yet. So, uh, yeah, super cool. But with the strategy.
1: Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite things about Inferno, the character is that, okay, so we're going to go a little bit into left field. I promise we'll get back to competitive stuff in a minute, but, um, you guys remember the memes used to come out about, uh, Adam driver with his shirt off as Kylo Ren and how he's just unbelievably wide as a human being. <laughs> you remember that? So the the art for Inferno reminds me of those memes because Inferno, like, look at the broad shoulders on that boy. Oh, my
0: gosh. That's unreal.
1: He is thick with a Q. Not with a C, with a Q. Um, But uh, that's that's my one thing is that I, I like Inferno because he makes me giggle to myself because... I don't know, I guess this tangential circular logic meme reference that goes on in my (laughs) head, Just to give the people at home a little insight to what it's like to be me all day, there's one example. (laughs) Um, uh, But besides that, I think that's the last point I had on protection. Y'all guys have uh, anything more you wanted to mention before we move on to the next one?
2: Alright, so the next one we have is Rally for one of my favorite cards. Uh, Bumblebee Legendary Warrior. It is a one-star stratagem. And for one star, you get plus one attack, plus one health, and plus one defense. And when your Bumblebee Legendary Warrior is tapped and takes attack damage, repair three damage from him and untap him and flip this. Oh my god, be still my beating heart. (laughs) <laughs> I think this card is really rocking um, yeah the, the people that uh, put in the work to design this one bravo bravo I think this makes uh, Bumblebee Legendary Warrior a truly wonderful SRT um, it feels like we have SRTs across the game that you know definitely vary in um, what tier they sit in and I think this bumps him up considerably. People, I think, have underestimated for a long time the ability to attack whoever you want, even when they are tapped or untapped, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bubblebee Razor Claw, and. Um, supporting oh, that, Fire. Yes, yes, Supporting Fire which was huge. I mean, oh my gosh, they're protecting their quake or their Percy or whatever. And it's like, well, let's go at him right now with my Wheeljack. Um, stuff like that is really, really can, can, can really set your opponent off balance and destroy their game plan. So I've always been a fan of this card. I uh, always had him in my sideboard of different cards, builds, uh, just for that reason, like oh, I'm playing. It's, let's say it's wave one or it's wave two, and uh, they're hiding their Optimus Prime battlefield legend, and they're gonna attack with him last. Well, no, I'm gonna like seriously put on the beat right now. Um, and to add in the fact these are some amazing stat buffs for him. Oh my goodness! Like, and especially when he's the last character standing he gets stat buffs again the repair keeps him around for a long time guys pull out your legendary warrior because this guy is for real now
0: yeah one so one thing to note about this uh strategy is that the um the repair three and then tapping him that's mandatory so you can play it in a way to where you can send the bee out first and then he Takes the attack damage and then he untaps, and then you get to swing into the guy you swung into originally with B because you just flip him. Or you could do it to where you hide B and you're just swinging at your what your other characters would say, like uh, I just feel really weird suggesting this in regular constructed but rescue patrol or something, just, uh, <laughs> swinging with them, and then you leave B as like the main centerpiece, like oh, okay, swing with him, he's the last guy, he has four defense, he has seven, eight health, I don't, or attack, I don't remember how much he gets immediately from that, but they swing into him, oh, I'll repair three, I get attack you again. And then it's like, it's, it's a lot of modularity in a seemingly mandatory effect, so yeah, this is this one is definitely really exciting. And uh, just a thing to mention, the other side of B is just the stats. So you do keep the stats when uh, this is flipped, so just an important thing to note. Yeah,
1: I, this strategy makes me so happy. So, Legendary Warrior B, SRTB, as he's colloquially known, um, was one of my favorite characters in the game. The idea of attacking untapped characters... So actually, let me let me rewind. Not the idea of attacking. The idea of KOing untapped characters before they <laughs> attack is so intoxicating for me. And it's what took me to my, EI, my EIQ win. I only had time, because I was in the really of a really busy season of my life, I only had time to go to one EIQ to qualify for EI. And I won, I didn't lose, I don't think I lost a game that day. Um, and because I was playing cars with B, Lionizer, Cliffjumper, and I won, I think I won every die roll the whole day. So, so I nice. just, Yeah, I know. I I used, I used all my luck in one tournament, right? So, but, but I mean, my game plan was literally the same every single time, right? It was flip B, draw a card, attack with Lionizer, they they would almost always KO Lionizer because it was such an orange meta, uh, and then I would just suit him up on B, a split B KO one of their untapped characters, uh, or or they would not kill Lionizer. I would PTT Lionizer and then I would draw an untap for B because you know you got to be that good, right? But, <laughs> uh, no 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 seriously, like this this character it has a sweet sweet spot in my heart, and um, I love the idea that like cars kind of iconically what it does is untap, but this bee is not known for being a car, he's known for being a legendary warrior. So the idea that like, you can play this bee outside of a car's deck because he just carries the untap with him. So he kind of gives you some of that inherent manufactured width. we talk about manufactured with on this program, you know, every other week, if not every week. <laughs> um, and, but like the idea that like, he kind of carries some of that inborn with him is fantastic. I actually am really excited that the trigger is not an option because I think if the trigger was optional, like, it would be way too good against blue decks, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, this way, they can just leave one of their three attack guys, deal him one damage. He doesn't heal the full three and has to untap then. And it just looks a lot worse. You're getting a lot less mileage out of the ability. Um... I also like that it is its attack damage, so he's still pretty vulnerable to non-attack damage out of something like a Sky Shadow, for example. But if your opponent's taking a PTT turn and going to swing into your B, then your B untaps and they don't get the rest of their attacks. Like that's really cool. Um, just like the dynamic of how he changes wheel turns is really, I think, going to be really impactful. I love this B. I love this strat. I am super excited to play with it and not in cars decks. I, bold, bold claim, hot take, hot take, right? Get out your pens and pencils. (laughs) This B will be better outside of cars, like a a straight cars lineup than inside cars.
0: You mean like, like rescue patrol? Um,
1: I I don't mean rescue (laughs) patrol. I can confidently say not rescue patrol, but I wouldn't put it outlandish for him to be alongside maybe airstrike patrol on a star card. Right. I don't think that's outlandish. So, who knows? Who knows? Um, you guys ready to move on to the next one? Uh, Kai, I think uh, you're next on the list, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Sure am. So this next one is uh, Rampage, and it's for Dinobots. It costs one star, and when you flip Dino Chomp while one of your b- Dinobots is attacking, it gets plus one attack until end of turn. And when you flip either Jaws of Steel or Electrified Spikes while one of your Dinobots is defending, it gets plus one defense until end of turn. So one of the things to note is that um, if you flip two Dino Chops, then you get plus two because it triggers for each one. So that's an important thing to note. But also uh, one of the goals with this one, with this strategy specifically, and all of them in in a grand scope, but uh, mainly this one, it was to diversify the battle decks. Because if you look at the top decks right now, you could probably pick out 20, 25, probably even 30 cards that are the same across all lists. So more, I think it's like 34 cards the same. Sure, yeah. I'm saying, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, that was one of the things that uh, most of us, or I think I think all of us, as in the committee, were saying like that's kind of that kind of sucks. Like it was interesting seeing like oh is he gonna draw the Dino Chop or is he gonna uh, or if he flips or something? And it was the battle decks being the same was kind of a bummer especially with how way five ended up being so um that was one of the goals for this stratagem and all the stratagems eventually but um this one specifically had that one in mind so you you playing your dino chomps now is, is more rewarding for when you flip it because you don't feel bad as bad that you didn't draw it you flipped it and still got plus one attack and uh jaws of steel and electrified spikes were fringe cards i would probably say i love jaws of steel but uh, not everyone did, but now there's a reason for you to play it because it gives you the plus one defense. So yeah, your Dinobots are just super sturdy.
1: Yeah, now it's just, now Dino just has a bunch of matrices of leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for one star, you build your own like three matrices of leadership functionally. I guess you build a rollout and two more matrices and you get to play actual rollout and actual matrix as well. So you can do a pretty good impersonation of a, of a true mixed pip deck which is really interesting, especially given the like the kind of traditional identity of denobots as the sturdy aggro deck, right? Um, I think that that's something that's really cool, really good to note. Uh, this stratagem is super interesting, very thematic. I love how it approaches the goals that it has, but if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, this one doesn't tickle my fancy the same way some of the other ones has over the course of like the spoils that we've like, reviewed so far. Um, the other Dynabot strategy, which we haven't gotten to yet, is absolutely immaculate. But this one um, is something that I think you will see, but doesn't excite me quite the same way. I don't know what, what how, how you feel, Ken.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. This is my least favorite of all the stratagems. And mainly, it, it's not because of the stratagem, per se. It's actually because... Playing Dinobots is just, like, the most boring way to play the game. It's just, like, bold and flip cards, and that's, well, that's it. I mean, I've never enjoyed that. Um, I remember Joel playing uh, Dinobots for the first time. He's like, yeah, I threw together a Dinobot deck for, you know, our local tournament, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know in our weeklies and after the tournament he's like I'm never playing this deck again it's boring I mean there's nothing to it there's no thinking it's play a card draw a card play a card and swing (laughs) and that's that's it so um, I think I'm more not excited about the stratagem because of the archetype not because of what the stratagem does because the strat definitely makes the archetype better
0: yeah, I yeah. think um, I think that's probably a problem with like the way the characters are. But yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: there were there were a couple of other Dinobot strategies floating around uh, in the early early stages. There was a it was a busted one for Swoop that had to get axed immediately. I don't know, uh, Kent, if you kept track of that at all. Mm-mm, but no, no, I didn't even the, see the, it. The one that the one that originally existed for Swoop and its its original design was absolutely stone cold. And I, let me get right get into the close for the microphone for this. Busted. Wait.
2: So what uh, did it do?
1: Uh. Well, I don't even really really want to talk about it because it might get like recon redesigned stuff like that.
2: Um, uh, but it basically,
1: was like it was it was it was leaned into the we're attacking for big numbers idea. Gotcha. Um,
2: yeah, Yeah.
0: Made it a little too free for yeah. uh, <laughs> for Dinobots. Yeah. Too free. <laughs>
1: um. Uh, I guess we'll move move on to the next strat, uh, just in the interest of time. So the next strat is Straxus Lives. It's for Darkmount Cruel Overlord, uh, the wave one, everyone's favorite nine-star tank. Um, It gives him, for one star, plus four health. Thank you, God in heaven, that this card is getting more health. Uh, He needed it so bad. Um, On top of that, he gains the leader trait in both modes. Uh, and when you put an armor on your dark mount cruel overlord repair one damage from him. So it's not just the four raw health, there's actually functionally even more health you can incrementally earn over the course of the game. I mean, both of you guys know where I want to put I want to play this card with, which is just a little card you might be familiar with called extra padding.
2: No now, way.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> extra padding. Uh, if you're familiar with how that card reads, you can put three of them on him in one turn, which would mean that you would then repair three damage. Which sounds absolutely busted to me in the best possible, fair, nonsense, dirtily way to play the Transformers TCG. Um, I think one of the things. This is probably the biggest lore win of any of the cards that we've we've seen in the set as well. Just because Darkmount, like, I think in the traditional, maybe it was G1. You could probably confirm this, Kent, because you're the lore guy. But, like, he did go by Lord Straxus, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, in the in the comics, it was uh, a bit different. So, like, when I first saw him and I saw his name was Darkmount, I was like, what? That doesn't, that's not right. But, yeah, anyways.
1: Yeah, uh, but he is, like, this Stratagem is good. This judgment is good. This is one of those cards where, like, if for 10 stars, um, being in, in alt mode, he is now a 4134, 4 and in bot mode, he is a 5133. 3 potentially five of your opponents got a lot of range characters on him. Like, uh, that card is just straight good. The fact that he's a leader, so you can do things like callous leadership shenanigans with him is no joke, uh... Being 10 stars means you still have 15 to work with. You can present a reasonable three-wide team, which makes me really excited. Um, obviously, this card wants to be played with Hunker Down because it's, it's an action that also gives you more armor plays. But I will say there's a big but here. I have my hot my hot take for B. I'm having a similar hot take for Straxis. I think he's going to be a good mid-range character better than he will be just a tank's character. Um, I'm less confident in this one than B., But i think a similar line i guess for for team construction
2: yeah i'm uh, a big fan of this Uh, the only thing about it is it does feel like maybe it doesn't do quite enough i like the fact that it gives him a leader um, ability in both modes i think that was definitely needed but i also feel like we need some more leader type cards for decepticons uh, other than callous leadership to really make them stand out as much as putting the matrix on any Autobot leader. Um, I kind of wish so that may help him in the future if there's something like that It may push this card over the edge into being like really super good. Um, other than that I, I guess I wish it gave him like plus one attack or something like that that's probably too much um but yeah it's it's a cool card
0: yeah he's him being a mid-range character i agree with you on uh richard because just like how much like when you play an armor on him that's basically almost like you're giving him a plus one health so just being able to constantly regenerate that health as the as the game goes on he he, come, he comes sort of from mid-range to like almost centerpiece-ish type of deal mm-hmm. especially if you have like another 10 star or similar centerpiece-esque character so um i'm not quite as excited for, to play darkmail because quite frankly i never really liked him like the flip to alt mode was like his the best part to him for me, how but how dare uh, you Kai. How dare you. I mean I like weirder stuff like um Decepticon <laughs> leader Megatron, so uh, <laughs> that's just personally me. That's a that's a me problem. But um yeah, I I think this strat strat is good. It is definitely makes him far more playable, which is exciting. Uh, I don't know if I'll play it personally, but I I do agree with the sentiment that it was much needed and very cool.
2: The uh, next card is for our Dark Lord and Savior, Megatron Living Weapon. Yeah, and it's called "Such Heroic Nonsense," which if you don't agree with this next statement, I don't know if we can be friends. And that is, that's probably Megatron's best quote he's ever had. Agreed. Um, it's from the Transformers movie, and transform, uh, the Decepticons uh, hijack an Autobot uh, spacecraft, blow up all the Autobots inside, and Ironhide is, like, crawling towards Megatron as, as Megatron says, hey, we're going to slip past the Autobot defenses and, like, kill them, too, once we get to their base. And Ironhide is just, like, clutching his leg, saying no And then Megatron says, such heroic nonsense points his fusion cannon at Irons Hyde's head. The camera has to cut away because it would have been too violent for a (laughs) PG rated um, movie because that was not rated G at the time. That might've pushed it to uh, a, a different level. I don't know. And that was before we had PG 13, by the way. So anyways, Onto the stratagem. For one me? star, Megatron gets plus three health, and weapons on your Megatron Living Weapon cannot be scrapped by your opponent's cards. So, yay, you just played Sabotage Armaments, and I don't care. Um, that's really, really cool. Um, also, Reprocess and other cards that, you know, would get rid of... Weapons on, on Megatron, that's huge. And since he had, you know, not the greatest health, you know, as compared to all the wave five stuff, especially, this is a, tr- a, a dramatic boon for him in all those ways. So, making him a centerpiece character that just like loads up on weapons and you can just keep flipping him and keep grabbing them out of the scrap. And now I'm gonna play him. Um, This card's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree.
0: Yeah, so originally this one had like some stipulations tied with the health onto however many weapons he had, but um, we ended up just splitting it to where the plus three health was like the the most thing that he needed stat-wise anyway, so may as well just make it static, so. Yeah. But yeah, um, I played this character. um, I didn't play it extensively before, but I played it against Lee, in uh, the deck tech challenge that we did for uh, Lee's channel, Bleep the Productions, which check him out. He's a really cool dude and awesome content creator. But um, yeah, its I can see why people really wanted this card to be good with uh, Living Weapon specifically because there would be situations where I was able to just swing with, like this massive amount of attack and just felt really rewarding. But just being able to lose your weapons to sabotage armor mid always feels bad. So uh, this giving him plus three health and then protecting his weapons means that he has he can do that longevity game of oh I have all these weapons and then every character that I attack with is gonna die. So uh, that gives a really instinctive play pattern similar to something that um, uh, Shockwave did where oh I'm just gonna constantly at you with with 12 and then all your characters will die and then I'll just keep living because I have this enormous defensive uh, style of deck. So yeah, definitely a really good uh, stratagem for sure.
1: I, I really like the stratagem. I just, am, you know, and this is coming from someone who like happily will play dirtily two tall decks. I just, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm convinced even from the testing that spending 14 stars on a character with no head is something that you can do. In, in competitive constructed uh, Transformers TCG. What the stratagem does is massively powerful. It makes the text that's currently on the Megatron much more relevant. But I, you know, all, all fairness considered, I don't think this will be one of the ones that's like topping the Invitational, for example. I don't know if you all agree or not, but that, that's just my personal opinion. I'm excited about this one, but more because I think the Can't Be Scrapped card, Can't Be Scrapped, is just awesome flavorfully. Like, you're not going to take this from me. I'm Megatron. Like, I'm Megatron. Um, also, it's kind of flavorful with the Energon Mace. Like, you can't separate like, him from his iconic stuff. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: I um, agree with that, Megatron.
2: Yeah, I, you know, another thing this has the um issue with the Straxus Lives, where it's like a, a stratagem that's good, it, it gives a well deserved buff. But I think if we got you know another uh weapon that just goes on Megatron, mm-hmm. uh, that was just sick because fusion cannon of Megatron from wave one is just terrible. Agreed. now if we got like a real fusion cannon of Megatron that was like oh my gosh this is effing nuts like okay I'm now maybe thing. the stratagem is fantastic so I don't know just something uh, to think about as you will oh, design cards for the yeah. uh, upcoming this is one of the ones it's
1: one of the ones that stands to get better over time Right? As better weapons come out, like this card stands to get better over time, which I think is really cool, because it's kind of one of the most forward-looking stratagems, in the same way that like the Straxus Live stratagem looks forward to the armor quality that gets printed over time. Um, so I'm really excited to see those scale up over the course of the rest of the history of, of the Transformers CCG.
0: Uh, let's, I guess we only have one more left, Kai. You want to take us home? Sure, let's go. So this one is called We Fix. It's for Dinobot Sludge, Mighty Stomper from Wave 1. And for 1 stars, you get uh, your starting star limit is increased by 1 if you only have Dinobots on your starting team. All your Dinobots get plus 2 health, and when one of your Dinobots takes non-attack damage during your opponent's turn and you have Dinobot Sludge on the battlefield, repair 1 from it. So this is going to make all your Dinobots sturdier and... Any direct damage they take, they just they just heal one from it. They still take the full amount, but they will heal one for every time it triggers, like um, Mag Ray. But um, yeah, it's this is incredibly strong for Dinobots, and this is one of the reasons we were looking forward to just making Dinobots just like a sturdy three-wide aggro team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, one of the co- this is this is probably my favorite stratagem in the bunch, not because Sludge has any particular special like, spot in my heart, but because one. I think that how this is powerful is exactly addressing where the Wave 5 metagame stands. And I think this character is now good enough that you can play it outside of Dinobots. I think as a 9-star character, because it's still – it's cost it, – you don't get the additional starting star limit increased if you play Monster of Dinobots. I think – but as a 9-star character with 14 health that's resilient to non-attack damage and has five attack in the mode and two defense in the mode they want to attack and defend in, <laughs> like, that character is awesome. That character is really good. It's not very – like, it's kind of – it's mostly vanilla. Right, it doesn't do like a cool flip trigger. It's not very flip intensive, but we don't need flip intensive powerful characters as much to be part of the game anymore. We already we have plenty of those. Right, we have the perceptors of the world, we have the horribles of the world. Um, speaking of horrible, this character is fantastic against horrible. It's so good against horrible. Right, moving damage doesn't trigger the repair, which is, is something important to note. But. Man, this card is, I'm excited to try this everywhere. I'm excited to try this in Constructed, in Dinobots, outside of Dinobots, in mid range, in Primus. I want to play this everywhere. I am ecstatic about this card. And I think that of the strategies we reviewed today, this is easily in the top four. I don't know where it is in the top four, but I think it's in the top four for ones that stand to have real, measured, results-driven, constructed success
2: yeah this card surprised me with like all the different things that it does um again i'm not as excited about the Dinobots archetype but i know that a lot of people are going to love playing this card and the fact that it just does so much for so little (laughs) i mean that's that's pretty huge so yeah I think one of the things
1: you look at this card, and you read and you go, well, Dinobots needed a lot of help, didn't they? Right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When you read how much this card does, you're like, Dinobots needed a lot of help. For for, for this card to do everything that it does, like Dinobots needed a ton of help to be anywhere close to playable. Um, And I think that this card and Rampage do a really good job of pushing them into the realm of competitive discussion. Are they elite? I don't know about that but they're in the realm of competitive discussion, and that's awesome to see. Yes. Um, Okay, well, that concludes the spoilers, all 11. Um, I'm sure we're only at like an hour and a half on the recording. Um, So quick speculation, give me the quick hits, guys. Given the strats we've covered here today and the updated band list, um, and then Kent for the Titan 1 uh, constraint um, in the non-invitational tournament, what do y'all think from the stuff we've seen here today might rise to the top uh, in the October tournaments.
2: Wow, it's it's a whole new metagame. I really do feel that way. It's wide, wide open um, with new strategies. Um, decks that might have been on the fringe before but couldn't compete because of crazy stuff like Sky Bowl and Percy Sky Shadow and like that. Um, I think might have some real legs now really one of the biggest things and i hope that this becomes a a, a thing is just one titan master on your uh starting team like the titan one format that immediately grabbed me and it was like oh my god yes yes and then after going through these stratagems and stuff it just feels like a whole new game again it feels like what wave five should have been
1: that's really nice to hear, Kent. That's so congratulatory. Thank you. <laughs>
2: yeah, well,
1: y'all did Look a at great you. job. Being all sincere, genuinely complimentary, that's that's really nice. That touches me a little bit. I'm not going to cry because we're on air. But <laughs> – Okay, so Kent, if you, if you had to pick one stratagem, one of these Wave 1 characters that you think is going to make top cut uh, at least one copy in in the October – not the Invitational, the Alpha, the, uh, the, the Titan 1 format, what do you think it's going to be?
2: Man, that's hard. That is really hard. Uh, Probably Metroplex, um, just because I think a lot of people are are going to want to play Metroplex again. Um, And one that might be slept on that people shouldn't is Rally for B, Legendary Warrior. I think that could easily make it up there, but you just got to figure out how to make the deck work. All right. Kai, what are your thoughts
0: on these? So here's the thing. It's, <laughs> that that one, that one specifically, I think is going to just there's already a bunch of hubbub about it. About oh, now my black the black flips are it, it basically alter it's already altering the deck building process to where oh maybe I don't want to include so much black cards because they're not going to do as much, so I'll just play the straight orange cards. Or maybe I gotta include more blue blacks into my build because I want to. Uh, not only uh, flip more cards when I defend, but mm-hmm. I also want to trigger Jazz. So I think that one has a lot of already potential power in it. And then more people are talking about it. I think that one will probably easily see a spot, at least at least one spot in top eight, two yeah. if I top, so. The old,
1: the old, do I play smoke cloak in my Jazz deck question?
0: I, I don't know about all that, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> if get to that wow. point. It, it might get to that point.
1: Look, all I'm saying is I have, and it didn't look awful. Sure.
0: It didn't look good, but it didn't look awful. So, the same version you have with Combat Dagger, I have with Smoke look. so. <laughs> <between> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I
1: hate Combat Dagger. It's so, hate- There's <laughs> so many better weapons, it's unbelievable. Anyway, um, if I had to pick one, I think that Rally is going to top. I think that we're gonna see an SRTB mid-range deck that's just good stuff cards and uh, I think B is going to be the centerpiece character in that shell, and I think he's going to be awesome. I think it's going to look, I think it's going to do crazy stuff. It'll probably be an aggressive deck. It'll probably be an orange based deck, but I'm not I'm not worried about that. I think that sounds awesome to be a, a different paced non-Titan Master, what if we didn't play or, all the orange blacks deck. That sounds cool to me. Um, okay, last thing. We have one quick viewer question, which is, and this is just like, you know, very quick answer. It's a paraphrase from many of the people who've like seen the spoilers, commented on the spoilers on Facebook. Uh, What Wave 1 character didn't receive a strat from ATP 1 that you would be excited to potentially see receive uh, a a stratagem that buffs it in a future Alpha Triumph
0: Protocols release? Kai? So, I guess that's... It's kind of weird for me to answer it because I'm actually on that committee, so I know what the choices are for um, The choices forward. are all
1: of them, though. It's, it's yeah, yeah.
0: limitless. Yes, but um, there is a specific Wave 1 character that I was working on specifically... Uh, it starts with an S and it ends with Lipstream. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, I really want to see Seeker Planes work in a way. Um, I have a few ideas and that Stratagem went through quite a number of revisions and ultimately didn't make the cut because it had to go through so many revisions. But, uh, we'd like to see Slipstream in some way, shape or form, uh, incredibly relevant after, uh, a
2: future release. What about you, Kent? Man, that's a really tough one. Um, I I actually don't know. Um, that's it,
1: okay. You don't have to have an answer.
2: Yeah, I I think something to make, not not that I'm a big fan of bugs because I'm not, but something to make them relevant and then interesting again because they kind of uh, fit into that Dinobots formula where it's like draw a card, play it, swing, and that's it. But something that would add complexity to that archetype um, would be really, really interesting. Um, wait, wait, wait. Okay, erase all that. I think I got it. Uh, Thundercracker. The original combo oh, yeah. deck where you know I could kill Metroplex in one hit and then one other one of his other bots at the same time was Steamroll. Um, obviously, with no multi-mission gear. That's not possible, but some way to make Thundercracker a viable combo win condition again—that—that that would be what I would like.
1: All right. Well, my answer is short and sweet. Two words: Nemesis Prime. What? <laughs> that guy doesn't need any help. Oh yeah? Where is he? Where is he in the competitive meta game? Can't show me where he is. Well, he's nowhere.
2: Yeah. He's nowhere. Well, he's nowhere because like fangry quake sky shadow Cormel percy yeah yeah
1: i i want Nemesis prime to come back Nemesis prime is so cool i love the idea of putting cards under i love the idea of like trying to cycle through your deck as fast as possible i love the idea of inevitable characters i've always tried to build towards inevitable characters that's just like what, yeah. what motivates me in the deck building process a lot of the times um so that character is just super interesting to me. Um, he had a stratagem in the works, and it just got scrapped, um, both because efforts were needed else, uh, elsewhere, it needed a lot of revisions, uh, some of what it was doing was too powerful, some of what it was doing wasn't powerful enough, we couldn't really land on, on a sweet spot. Um, but I would love to see Nemesis Prime really like find a, a good place, a sweet spot in the future. Um, okay, so with, with all those questions answered, and now that we're at an hour and 45 minutes- um, We're not that leave- far.
2: <laughs> we're like two um, hours no we're at uh, we're less than an hour and a half
1: alright well that is going to bring us <laughs> to the close of episode 27 of the Transformer Game podcast we'd like to give a big huge shout out to you the listeners out there in the ether wherever you are for giving us the purpose to come in record and cover all these wonderful tidbits and spoilers surrounding the Transformers CCG uh, all our teammates at Transformer Game greatly appreciate your time and attentiveness here today you can find our other episodes and more down the line on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. There will absolutely be some links in the description to help you out there, as well as guide you to the Alpha Trion Protocol Stratagems we covered here today in the Facebook group where they're housed. If you found the input and information here valuable, you can find more strategy analysis, turn reports, and more like it at TransformYourGame.net. We look forward to being back to speak to all y'all in two weeks from now, but until that time, clear eyes, flip bots, can't lose.